You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcast series are based on 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph through Christ Jesus, and we win You know, no matter what's going on in our lives, the scripture says that we always triumph. God said something to me years ago, years ago, and it's been just a a something that I really think about uh, on a regular basis. He said, just because it looks like you're losing doesn't mean that you are. Just because it looks like you're losing doesn't mean you are. That's why the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. We're talking about the thought war, and this is our second episode. And today we're going to talk about pulling down strongholds pulling down strong holes. I want to read our background text, and it's the big one. It is the foundation of what we're going to be talking about today. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we're in a flesh body, we walk in the natural arena. We do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now I want to go back and I want to analyze this verse because it's a very powerful verse, a lot of insight, a lot of revelation in this verse. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we walk in natural physical bodies, but we also navigate and walk in a natural world. So the Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, we're in war, we're in a spiritual war, and it's a thought war. We learned that in episode one, it's a thought war, but we don't war after the flesh. In other words, our weapons are not carnal, our weapons are not natural. We have spiritual weapons to win the war that we're in. So our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we're going to talk about that. Casting down imaginations. We're going to talk about that. And everything, high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now you notice it says, Everything that exalts itself through exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So that's the the knowledge of God, the Bible, is gonna be the way we measure these thoughts, the way we determine which thoughts we should leave there and which thoughts we should cast down. So 
And then we're going to have to bring these thoughts captive, cast them down. We're going to replace them with other thoughts. So let's, 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 let's do our thing and talk about a stronghold. What is a stronghold? I'm going to give you several definitions. And, you know, I'm glad we went back because we're in a pandemic. Uh, it's a health crisis. It's, uh, we're dealing with uh, people are dealing with unemployment. We're dealing with sickness. We're dealing with racial issues and uh, conflict. And so it's so easy to allow our minds to just run away. Okay, what is a stronghold? I'm going to give you three basic de definitions. A stronghold is a way of thinking established over a period of time, fortified by custom, and resistant to change. That's a powerful definition. A stronghold is a way of thinking established over a period of time and is fortified by custom, by practice, and is resistant to change. My second definition of a stronghold is a stronghold is a destructive thought pattern, a destructive thought pattern tattooed on the mind and imprisons a person to painful memories, unproductive habits, and wrong beliefs. That's another good definition, but it's a long one, so I want to go back, give it to you, slow down a little bit. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a destructive thought pattern, a destructive thought pattern. If I allow this thought to run its course, it leads you and I to destruction. It is a destructive thought pattern that is tattooed not on the, not on the physical body, but it's a destructive thought pattern that's tattooed on the mind. It's tattooed on the mind and it imprisons a person to painful memories, that's the past, unproductive habits, and that's the present, and hopelessness, which has to do with the future. It's a destructive habit tattooed on the mind. It imprisons a person to painful memories, destructive habits, and wrong and and hopelessness, pardon me, and wrong beliefs. I, I want to say that again because I, 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 I mixed up my definition, so I want to go back. I want to go back. What is a stronghold? It is a destructive thought pattern tattooed on the mind, imprisons a person to three things, painful memories, unproductive habits, and wrong beliefs and wrong beliefs. It tattoos the mind, imprisons a per person to painful memories, unproductive habits, and wrong beliefs. And then my final definition of a stronghold is a stronghold is a, a mindset impregnated with hopelessness. Impregnated with hopelessness which causes us to accept as unchangeable 
what we know to be against the will of God. Now, that is a definition I got from Steve McVeigh and Mike Quarles in their book, Helping Others Overcome Addictions. Helping Others Overcome Addictions by Steve McVeigh and Mike Qualls. And they said that a stronghold is a mindset impregnated with hopelessness. I like that. It is a mindset impregnated with hopelessness, which causes us to accept as unchangeable what we know to be against God's will. Now, when you think about your life and we look at these three definitions, it, do you have a destructive thought pattern? Do you, are you walking in a way of thinking that was established over a period of time? Are you impregnated with hopelessness, stronghold? There are different kinds of strongholds. And one we've been talking about on our podcast and one we've been talking about on Sundays on the muted voice is racism. Racism is a stronghold. It is a way of thinking established over a period of time. It's fortified custom and is resistant to change. Fear can be a stronghold. Worry can be a stronghold. Depression can be a stronghold. Death, thinking about dying and death can be a stronghold. Poverty, sickness, low self-esteem, inferiority, rejection, bitterness, jealousy, envy, and a sense of failure. All these things can be strongholds. Now, a stronghold can be positive or it can be negative. But in this context, the Holy Spirit is emphasizing negative strongholds. But you, you can have strongholds in other areas, I mean, positive areas. You can uh, have a stronghold of boldness, a stronghold of prosperity, a stronghold of love, a stronghold of giving. So let's, let's focus for a moment on this, on this negative side of a stronghold. There are six building blocks that I believe Satan uses to erect these strongholds, Satan wants to fill our mind with negative and defeated beliefs and thoughts. He wants to fill our minds with defeated and incorrect beliefs and negative beliefs. Satan wants you to entertain incorrect thoughts about God, incorrect thoughts about yourself, and incorrect thoughts about your situation. Let's look at that. G Satan wants you and I to entertain incorrect thoughts about God. Let's stop there. Incorrect thoughts about God. What do you think about God? I mean, what, what, when you think about God, what do you think about? When adversity hits, what do you think about? You think, well, God is trying to teach me something or God has a purpose in the suffering I'm going through. Or God has a plan. What do you think about God? God gave me the job. 
God took the job away. God gave me the house, but God has taken away. God took my loved one from me. He knew I needed my loved one. What are your thoughts about God? Satan wants you to entertain incorrect thoughts about God, incorrect thoughts about yourself. Let's take a moment right there. What do you think about you? On a regular basis, what do you think about you? Do you think you're smart? Do you think you're intelligent? Do you think you are persuasive? Do you think no one wants to listen to you? What do you think about you? Do you think you're beautiful? Do you think you're ugly? Do you think you are wantable? Somebody wants you. Others want you. Or do you think nobody wants you? What do you what do you think about you? Do you feel good about you? Do you have high opinions of yourself? Do you think you're capable? Do you think you have capacity, ability? Do you think you you're skillful? What do you think about you? And then finally, what do you think about your situation? Think about the situation that you're involved in right now. What do you think about your situation? We're in a thought war now. And remember, Satan is trying to get you to entertain you to entertain and me to entertain thoughts, incorrect thoughts about God, incorrect thoughts about myself, and incorrect thoughts about my situation. And he used six building blocks. He's very intentional. Satan is very purposeful. So he used six things to build uh, a stronghold in our lives. He used lies. He used accusations. He used wonderings. He used reasonings. He used fear. And finally, he uses suggestions, lies, accusations, wonderings, reasonings, fear, suggestions. Now, you're going to have to monitor your thought life. In other words, you're going you're gonna to have to think about what you're thinking about. You're going to have to think about what you're thinking thinking about. In fact, most of us, most of the time through the day, if you, if you be honest with you, with me, we don't really think about what we're thinking about. We're just engaged. And a lot of times we're embracing negative thoughts and we're thinking wrong things. And, and, but we're not thinking about what we're thinking about. And in our last episode, we learned that our thoughts impact our emotions and our emotions impact our behavior. So what are you thinking about? Lies. No one loves me. No one loves me. Think about that. Do you ever think that thought? No one loves me. No one cares about me. Now, let's l- listen at that thought. No one loves me. No one cares about me. No one loves me. No one cares about me. Well, the scripture says that God loves us with an everlasting love. The scripture says that we're to cast all our cares on the Lord, for he careth for us. Now, listen at that. 
1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all of our cares on him, for he careth for us. Nobody cares about me. No one cares about me. Nobody cares about me. No one cares about me. Now, look at that thought. That thought goes counter to what God says. He says, cast all your cares on him, for he careth for you. Lies. Lies. Are you thinking on lies? Take a moment and think about your life. Spirit, there are five arenas of existence. Spirit, spiritual, mental and emotional, physical, social, financial. What are you thinking about your life spiritually? Do you think I'm strong? Do you think I'm carnal? What do you think about you? Do you what do you think spiritually, mentally and emotionally? What kind of thoughts are you entertaining? Are they thoughts of worry? Are they thoughts of anxiety? What are, you, what, are you, what, are you, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about physically? What are you thinking about when it comes to your health and comes to your body? What are you thinking about? I know, what, I know there are people dying from uh, COVID-19, and I know the coronavirus out there, but what are you thinking about when you think physically? Do you think I'm going to catch it? Do you think I'm going to be infected? What do you think? What do you think? What are you thinking about? What are you thinking? Thinking. Are you thinking lies when it comes to your relationships? What are you thinking about when it comes to your finances? Are you thinking lies? Are you thinking on accusations? You, 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 you're not real. You're not genuine. <clears throat> God's not going to bless you because you're, you're a hypocrite. You're this. What, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? You know, you failed and you're never going to get over it again. You are a failure. You, you listen, you just go from one marriage to another marriage. You are a fat failure. What are you thinking about? Wonderings. Wonder will they accept me? Wonder will it, I ever get married? Wonder will I ever uh, get ahead? What are, you, what are you thinking about? Wonderings, reasonings. You know, reasoning, Satan gives you a reason. He gives you logic. Are you thinking on logic? Are you thinking on logic? Sometimes people, you know, I hear people say things like, you know, I, I, I think I, I, I just, I, 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 I just, you know, really God doesn't care about things anyway. You know, think about it. God doesn't care about things. God cares about you spiritually. He don't care about you Naturally, that's covetousness. Well, Satan will give you all kind of logical reasons. He gave you logical reasons why you shouldn't go to church. Well, right now we 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 got a virtual church going on, but there are a lot of people. It's logic, you know. He loves you. You love him. But you know that's an adult, uh, in the fun affair. You know it. But you got a logical reason why it's all right for you. It's, it's all right for you. Logic, fear. You're going to lose your job. You're never go, they're never going to call you back. They, they wanted to get rid of you anyway. This is their opportunity to let you go. Listen, you're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your credit. You, you're just going to lose everything. Fear, thoughts of fear, suggestion. You just be better off killing yourself. You're not doing well anyway. Family can get some insurance money, you know, 
you know, just, just go and kill yourself. What, what are you thinking about? What thoughts are you thinking? This marriage is never going to work. We're never going to get it together. What are you thinking about? Let's pause for a minute. Is it lies? Is it accusations? Is it wonderings? What is it? Is it reasoning? Is it fear? Is it suggestion? What are you thinking? You're in a thought war. You're in a thought war. You know, it's funny. I I really believe this. Now, I really, listen, I feel personally that most of my ministry is out in front of me. I believe that with all my heart. You know, I believe that with all my heart. I believe that most of my ministry is out in front of me. There are so many things that God has spoken to me about that I've not done yet. So I know it's going to happen. God is speaking to me all the time. And, and just recently, I thought about retiring. Think about that. Here I am. The thought came to me to retire. Retire for what? Retire where? Go where? It, see, none of us are, none of us can can keep thoughts from coming our way. None of us, all of us, that was the craziest thought. It was totally against everything God has said. I got my a journal full of things God has said. I got so many unfinished things that I need to do. And the thought came, you know, retire. What am I going to do? What, what would I be doing? You know, think about it, retire. Now, you said, well, I can't believe you thought that. Well, I can't believe you're thinking what you're thinking. You're thinking thoughts because we're in a war. We're in a thought war, and Satan is trying to get you and I to think on things that are counter to his nature, counter to what he says about us, and contrary to what he says about our situation. God says, and this is the foundation of this podcast, that we always triumph in Christ Jesus. So we always win. So what are you thinking about in your situation? Now let's talk about the human thought process. The human thought process. Now, in our last episode... We talked about the law of the mind. Remember, we talked about the law of the mind. And we said the law of the mind states that our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions influence our behavior. Thoughts, emotions, behavior. Now, let's talk about the human thought process. The human thought process has three components. It it, ha- it begins... Actually, it's, it's, it's really four components. Thinking, imaginations, strongholds, and actions. Thinking, imagination, strongholds, and actions. I'll say it again. Thinking, imaginations, strongholds, and our actions. I'm going to say that one more time. Say it with me. Thinking, imaginations, strongholds, and actions. Come on, let's say it one more time. Thinking, imaginations, strongholds, and actions. Now, 
We talked about strongholds and I gave you three definitions. So let's talk about the process to get to the strongholds and actions are going to follow strongholds. We don't have to talk about the action because it's going to follow strongholds. But thinking has to do with you, you, what you're doing with your thoughts. What are you doing with your thoughts? What are you doing? How are you managing your thoughts? What are you thinking about? Now, our thinking has been shaped, the way we think presently has been shaped by authority figures, environment, repetitious information, and our life experiences. Our thinking is shaped by authority figures, especially in our formative years, environment, repetitious information, and life experiences. So let's, let's go back, let's think of it in terms of the way we think as the result of our past. The way we think about a lot of things is connected to the authority figures in our lives that were in our lives, like our parents, uh, like uh, coaches, uh, clergy, uh, relatives, godparents, grandparents. You know, a lot of my way of thinking about home life and about my marriage is connected to my dad. You know, I'll give you an illustration. When I think of my salary, I don't think of it just being my money. I think of my salary being my money and Pete's money. Pete is my wife's nickname. Next month, we'll be married 42 years. So I think that my money is her money. Her money is my money. Now, we, we both got little accounts and stuff like that. Uh, she got a, a bank account. You know what she does with it. And then I got uh, an account that I can do whatever I want with. But what we call the house money, what we call the monies that uh, run our lives, it is a joint account. It's not a separate thing. Well, now, I'm not saying that it's wrong for families to do have marriages to have separate things where it's his money and your money and her money and his money. But I learned that from my dad. I got that from my dad. I think that way because that's the way my dad thought. He worked. He came home. He brought that check. And my, wife, my mother had as much to say about that check as he did. So I, my way of thinking has a lot to do with my dad. Now, you can run that through whatever authority figure you want. But a lot of our thinking is related to our, uh, the authority figures in our life. It is related also to uh, the environment that we were raised in or the environment that we were exposed to or uh, connected to, whether it was a dysfunctional environment or whether it was a 
positive environment. Our way of thinking is, was also shaped by repetitious information. In other words, the, the, the things that I hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear, I can still hear my mother say certain things. You know, I can hear the information that we hear over and over and over. So growing up, I heard over and over and over how smart I was. Over and over and over. He just make all A's over and over and over. He get, I always get good report cards over and over and over. Well, that formulated the way I thought about myself. So when I... I, within one elementary school, I did well academically. I went to another, I did well. I went to a junior uh, high school, middle school, I did well. I went to two high schools, I did well. I went to a predominantly black college my freshman year. I was excellent in my academics. I went to a military school with only two blacks really on campus, and I did well. I went to a, the school I graduated, Brooklyn, I did well. Why? Because that was the way I was trained to think. I, I was told that I was smart. And since I was told that, I lived that out. And then the life experiences that we have, sometimes they're, they're negative, sometimes they're positive, but i Thinking was shaped by these four factors, authority figures, environment, repetitious information, and life experience. So now I know what you're thinking. Okay, I know what you're thinking. 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 You're thinking, okay, yeah, that's great for you. You were told that. You were told you were smart, but I was told I was dumb. Okay, now here's what we can do now because we know how the thought process works. We can embrace other thought authority figures. Now someone else, it may be a coach, it may be a mentor, it may be your pastor. Now we can embrace other. I, I've had men tell me that they look at me as a father. And they weren't talking about a spiritual father. They see me as a their dad. They consider me their father figure. They father figure. Well, they've embraced someone that they think is a positive role model for them. And so you can be intentional about it. Okay, environment. Expose yourself. Put yourself in better environments. Repetitious information. I listen to certain things over and over and over and over. And then uh, life experiences. That's why God wanted us to be in a local church. God leads us to a local church because he wants us to have positive authority figures. He wants us to have a positive environment, uh, repetitious information, and he wants us to have life experiences that are positive. So we can be intentional about it. Now, for the rest of the way, and shortly, I want to talk a little bit about imaginations, our thinking, then imaginations, strongholds, then actions. Imaginations, it says casting down imaginations, casting down imaginations. The word imaginations really is a mental picture of something that's not present, a mental picture, an imagination. is a, a mental picture of something that's not 
present. Now, listen, Satan wants to influence the creation of your imagination. The Holy Spirit wants to influence the creation of your imagination. So you got Satan trying to create mental pictures in your mind, and you got the Holy Spirit who wants to create mental pictures in your mind. So just briefly, I want to I look at the power of our imagination, the power of it. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 through 6, the authorized King James Version, I want to read it to you. It says, the whole earth was, with, was one language and of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, this is Genesis chapter 11, they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a tower a city and a tower whose top will reach unto heaven and let us make a, a name lest we should be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Verse five. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men build. Now look at verse, listen to verse six. This is a power verse. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. That's why I think this, this racism is a challenge to God's purpose and plan. He said that the people is one. They're united. They have one language. And this they began to do. What did they begin to do? Build a city and a tower that will reach up into heaven. He said, now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. That's the power of the imagination. That nothing we imagined will be restrained from us. So our imagination is a very powerful tool that God gave us. God wants us to see it before it happens. In other words, if we don't see it, we won't have it. That's, that's the way it works. Everything begins in the imagination. For example, a tailor, you know, and I have some custom clothes, custom suits. A tailor has a blueprint and he takes that blueprint and he takes material and from what he has imagined that suit or that dress to look like, he creates it. He has a blueprint, he has material, and then he has imagined what that suit is going to look like, that dress is going to look like, and then it comes into manifestation. Well, that's the way uh, God operates. He gives us material, and his word is material. He gives us the Bible. He gives us a revelation from Scripture. He gives us a revelation from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks something to us. And he wants us to take that material, what he said, and imagine it, begin to see it, 
And then God says that whatever we imagine we will end up doing, it will come into manifestation. Now, because Satan understands that, he wants to give us another set of words. He wants to give us his words so that we will imagine his have a, a devilish scene in our minds because he know he can bring that to pass through a stronghold in actions. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, if a man looks on a woman to lust after her, he has committed adultery in his heart. The word heart there doesn't refer to his spirit. It refers to his soul. It says he's committed the adultery. And Jesus says that the adultery takes first in his imagination. It take, he sees. No one has ever committed adultery without seeing it first. So what Satan wants to do, he wants to take our imagination. He'll use pornography. He'll use whatever. But he wants us to have mental pictures in our minds of defeat and loss and all those things. And he wants us to see see it because he knows if he, we continue to see it becomes a stronghold and then it will become an action. Now, there's a lot of things going on today. A lot of things going on today. We hear words like 140 some thousand people that have died from COVID-19. We hear words like so many People are infected globally and nationally. We see protests and we see violence and we see uh, uh, antagonism between police officers and protesters and all these kinds of things. So, and then we see people in cars waiting to either get tested or waiting to get a box of food. So we have all these images coming at us and words coming at us, we have to make sure that we are monitoring our thoughts because our thinking will lead to pictures. We actually start seeing ourselves get sick before we get sick. We will see ourselves losing the job before we even get a notice that we lost our job. We, in other words, we'll begin to see what Satan wants us to see. Now, how do I, how do I impact my imagination for good? It's going to take at least four things. Words, pictures, people, and exposure. Words, pictures, people, exposure. Words, pictures, people, exposure. Words. So here, I know what's going on, and pastors don't get discount tickets. So I know that I can't just be hearing. I listen to the news to know what's going on. I want to know. And so sometimes I look at the 530 news because I want to know what's going on nationally. I want to know what's going on and local. I want to know. Okay. But I also know that if I don't have some other words coming at me, 
then, then I begin to imagine myself. So I do not, I'm talking about me personally, I do not go a week. I don't go through the whole week without listening to healing healing uh, lessons. I listen to healing CDs and healing on my app. I take my app and I use the Faith Chapel app and I make sure that every week I'm listening to healing. I don't go a week without listening to healing because I got too much. Too much. I don't want to have an image of me getting sick. I don't want to have an image in my mind because I know that the imagination will lead to a stronghold and it'll lead to actions. And I'll start acting like I'm going to catch something. You know what I mean? Acting like. So I have to make sure that I'm hearing and you have to make sure. And, and listen, you can download the Faith Chapel app. I got I got several series on healing in there. So I listen to that on a regular basis. And then pictures. Sometimes you need to have pictures. Pete came in my office the other day and she saw a picture of an automobile. It's my dream car. I got a picture of of it. I got got two, maybe three pictures of it in my office. I I got a a picture of a model airplane. That's a part of my dream. So I I can see it. You got to have something. Maybe you want to lose weight. Then you, you need to do something. You need a picture of the way you looked when you were smaller, or if you've never been smaller, you need to get a picture of how you want to look. You, you, you know, maybe buy a dress that you want to wear and put the dress, you know, where you will see it on a regular basis, put buy the dress or the size you want to wear and, and see that dress. Put that dress, that size that you want to be that size and you want to be able to see something. And then the people that you associate with, they impact your imagination. If you connect yourself with people that are progressive and, and doing things and want to get ahead and want to, then you'll start seeing yourself like that. And you say, well, you get that from the Bible says in Proverbs 22, make no friendship with an Uh, angry person. It says, don't make a friendship. I'm using an analogy now. It says, make no friendship with an angry man and a furious man. That's a person who's in anger. He said, don't connect to that person because you, Proverbs 22, you'll learn his ways, learn her ways. And watch this, you get a snare to your soul. If you associate with angry people who's angry at somebody or angry at something else, and you with them and they talking that all the time, the Bible says you'll learn their ways and you get a snare to your soul. You'll start seeing the same thing. You'll see it in your imagination. That's the negative side. The positive side is associate with people that are positive, people that are walking in love, people that are doing something and, and growing. And, and sometimes you have to connect virtually to people, to, to people that bless you, that inspires you, that motivates you. It will build a, a, a mental picture of you being successful. And then finally, you have to have some exposure. I remember uh, the first time I went to ORU campus in Tulsa. It was 30, 40 years, 30, 30 some years ago. And our church was small 
and we hadn't achieved much. And But I went to Tulsa, and I walked on that campus, and I saw that, that campus, and it just, oh, it gave me a mental picture of what we could do at Faith Chapel. And the first time I went on my Father of the Faith campus, Dr. Fred Price is my father in the faith. First time I went on that campus and it was that big old dome and and the shrubbery and everything was neat and clean and sharp and, and grass was cut. It was just beautiful. It gave me a picture, an image. I, I was exposing myself. You have to expose yourself. Sometimes you just test drive the car to expose. You don't have to buy it. Walk through the house. You don't have to buy it. Parade of homes. Just walk through and, and see something that's bigger than you are. And it creates an image on the inside of you, words and pictures and people and exposure, because our imagination is so very, very powerful. What you think impacts your imagination and what you have a mental picture of and you stay with that picture becomes a stronghold and whatever is a stronghold will impact your actions. Now, I hope you got something out of that. I hope it was a blessing for you. Uh, in our next episode, we're going to talk we're going to talk about taking control of your thoughts. Taking control of your thoughts. Where does thoughts come from? How do I control my thoughts? We're going to talk about in our next episode. I trust you were blessed today. Thank you for joining us today. Please share. If this bless you, please share it with somebody. Please share it. And remember, we're in a thought war, and it's a war you win. 